keep you. In the name of Jesus. It is his word. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came unto the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping and he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloth lying, yet went he not in. I'm gonna read more. I want to stop right there because I want to pick up my King James and I want to start my reading again at verse 6 and in the, in the NIV this is what it read and then Simon Peter in the 6th verse and then Simon Peter who was behind him arrived and went into the tomb and he saw the strips of the linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate by the linen, from the linen. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside and he saw and believed. This still did not, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. I want to jump from the ninth verse and I want to take your thought over to verse 18. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news and I, and I have seen the Lord and she told them that he had said these things unto her. And the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hand and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I want to jump down one more time. And I want to go to verse 26. The week later, this disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Though the door were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to, to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed, look at that beatitude. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Father God, bless your word right now. Preaching power and Lord, this Lord God, your word that you may hear in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I want to talk from the subject this morning. Jesus got up just like he said he would. And I know that all things is possible through him who have delivered us out of our sins and made a way out of no way from, for us. 
I know the Bible clearly tells us that who the Son has set free is free indeed. And it's all because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It is here on this resurrected Sunday. Early that Sunday morning, you know the story. You know the story all about how they treated our Savior. But then something always takes place in the minds of me that understand in the minds of God's people that sometimes we got to touch and we got to feel and we got to see things before we believe. The key in this text this morning is the word believe. Everybody believe in something or someone. It is not so much as what we believe as it is for whom we believe or why we believe. Believing has to be well defined. And James tells us this in James 2 and 19. Uh, Thy believest that there is one God, thy do as well. The devil also believe and tremble. The devil believes, my brothers and sisters, and we all know what he's up to. We know that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy us. We know that the finished work of Jesus has saved us and redeemed us. But nevertheless, that doesn't stop you from feeling the agony and pain of the enemy when he show up in your life. Do you remember last week I told you to think about this for now on when you hurt your foot or hurt yourself in the course of the day. Stop thinking about the worldly words you used to use and start blessing God through the pain. You see, this is something new to you, so you're going to have to catch your mouth before it opens the next time you hurt yourself. Just trying to help somebody. You see, the devil has tricked us. He has tricked the generation of now. He has gotten the children of and the millenniums and everybody that's coming along now that's younger than we are. They seem to think that they don't have to go to church. They seem to think that the world is okay as long as I do good. They seem to think that when I hear things on the internet, or see things on the internet, hear things on the, from the television, hear my neighbors and people talk about God, and they listen, and they seem to take hold of what other people say. God declared that I was sent forth my word through preachers, bishops, and teachers, lay people that God has called to teach us. Here's the thing, my brother and sister, you can't believe everything you see, and you can't believe everything you hear. There is some good things on the internet, but the enemy has a way to turn the good things into bad. But God said that I'm able to take all the bad and make it in for good for those who love me. My, Lord, my, Lord. my brothers and sisters, this is what Paul had to say to Timothy. Here we have a young preacher and this young preacher coming up in the, in the gospel had to encounter some people who have been on earth a little longer than he has. And, they understand that I know a little bit more about life than you do, Timothy. So Paul sent a letter to Timothy. And in his second letter, letter, this is what Paul said to him. For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In other words, you have to understand something. First of all, you've got to be persuaded that Jesus is the answer. You have to be persuaded to understand that God have you in his heart, in his mind, and he will not allow the enemy to overcome you. What tends to happen is we lose focus of what God has done for us. Do you really think that he will waste time to come down and tabernacle amongst men, be treated like dirt, hang on a cross, die and be put into a tomb, raise on the third day so that you can have doubt that he's not going to bring you out? Somebody ought to understand that if God is for me, who could be against me? And as long as I got breath in my body, the enemy would never trick me to believe that God is not going to bring me out. My sickness, my stress, he's going to deliver me just like he said he would because I stand on the promises of God that I know one thing for sure, though he slay me, yet when I trust him. Can you say Amen. Things ain't always going to look good on this side of Jordan. 
And I'm telling you, sometimes you just got to cross over to the other side to see how grand as everything is. But you want to know why you don't want to cross over? It's because you got to leave this earth and you have to leave the things that you know about. I love my family and I have things that I'm, I love to have, but the Bible clearly tells me to be absent from the body is to be present with God. And if that is the case, to be present with Jesus, I don't think you would want to come back for a second. Understanding that life does go on and understanding in our pain and in our circumstance, in our suffering, things are going to happen. It's going to happen to upset your space. It's going to happen to make your mind wonder, Lord God, where are you now? This has been going on too long, God. I know about the cross. I read about how you was whipped. And the Bible clearly tells me in the text that great is he because we do believe but we have not seen and I've come to find out I believe so much that I believe in my spiritual God showed me that the cross is for real and I must bear that cross as Jesus did because the enemy is going to seek me and find me and disrupt my space and when he disrupt my space I'm going to use my weapon that God has given unto me. He said, I give unto you a name that is above all names. And as long as I can reach into my inner man and pour out Jesus against the enemy, everything is going to be all right. Can you say amen? I know, I know that things seem like it's harsh today, church. But first, you got to get rid of some things in your life. You got to understand that none of us is perfect. But there's some things in our lives that we need to get rid of. The Bible clearly tells us to lay beside every weight and sin that easily beset us. And un unfortunately for some of the believers today, they hold on to these sinful things. Sinful things that we've seen to love so much that we, we dismiss the fact that it's against God. And understand this if you don't understand nothing else. God did not make you so that you can have fun with you. He made you because he wanted worshipers. And when he had worshipers, he wanted them to praise him. And when you start praising God, you forget about all the worldly things that had set before you. So if you were able to be satisfied in sin, then that means no change has come upon you. That means that you have not been washed in the blood of the, of the Lamb. That means that you are not a living sacrifice. That means that everything you're going through, you're going through it because the devil, not only do he have you, but he's trying to hold on to you because he knows you don't know who God is. There has to be a change once you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, you've been baptized, but the water can baptize the devil and he still come up with you may have been down the aisle way to the altar and asked God to release it. But once you leave the altar, you take it back and put it back in that secret spot. And when you do that, I'm telling you, the devil will keep your mind on your circumstance and not always should be on Jesus. I always look to him. If I don't look to nothing else, I think about the finished work. I think about what he did for me. I think about how much he loved me. I think about how he delivered me. And that enough caused me to flip the script and I start worshiping, praising. Don't care where I'm at. You may think I'm crazy. You may hear the words come out of my mouth. You may even stop shouting with me. But nevertheless, glory will go to God for being my Savior. On this resurrected morning, my brothers and sisters, if you learn to let go of some of the, the vestiges that has easily beset you in your life, you will find out that every human being go through things are not always delivered because they ask God to deliver them. You've got to first of all have a belief in your heart that when I give it to the Lord, he's going to take this thing. You have to believe, my brothers and sisters, it's time out for the mustard seed faith. You got to grow yourself in God. You can't stay on milk all your life. You're gonna have to sometime be merged. You got to come around the table. I don't know about you, but when I come around the table of God, I have my spiritual knife and fork in my hand, and I open up this word. I want to get the word so not only so I can take it in, but so it can slice and dice me and get this evil out of me, so I can worship God with spirit and in truth. Why? Because He died for me long time ago and I owe everything to him 
Oh, glory to God. I tell you, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. They said that the Jews and those who are saved and understood the resurrection of Jesus. They understood it. When they greet each other, they after the resurrection, they would greet each other and say, he is risen. And then someone else knew all about it. They would say, he is risen indeed. And when they pass each other, you've got to learn to focus today. My brothers and sisters, the things that you go through, it's all because that God didn't make a way out of no way. If he had not made a way, then you would not be going through what you went through today. Because I personally believe that if Jesus had not come yet, the world would not look the way it do. It will not be the way it is right now. The reason why I said the way it is, because the worldly folks smell themselves. God gave them knowledge and wisdom. They grew up in church and went away from God. They were washed in the blood, did not receive him, and they walked away from him. And when you walk away from God, God said, I would allow you to be turned over with a rubber band mind. And when God turned you over, there's only one way to come back. When he lay you before God, you have to come back through the blood of the Lamb. No matter how you look at you got to call upon the name of Jesus. And you've got to confess it out of your mouth. You've got to believe it in your heart that he's Lord. And there's a death, burial, resurrection. And you will be delivered. The first principle I want you to think about this morning. And the first area that impacts your life. you got to learn that this text is all about delivering you from your troubles. This text is all about what do you believe in. My brothers and sisters, you go do your homework. You go look at all the denominations of beliefs and religion all around this world. And you're going to find out that we have the only God that has laid down his life, rose from the dead, performed miracles day by day, keeping you in your heart. We are the only one that he don't require you to stand on the corner with bean pies or a mem or go door to door and try to get someone to sign out up for a watchtower or even stand on the street. You don't even have to stand on the street and pass out pamphlets. But my brothers and sisters, the reason why the believers do it is because somebody needs to read before they understand. Somebody don't understand. When I'm looking in my life, everything is going wrong in my life. And I hear all the nicey things the church folk talk. But when I got in church, they stared me down. And I hate it when I go to church because they look at me strange. They look at me like I'm out of place. And they once was out of place themselves. And the church is a spot where the senior center should be able to come in just like a mercy room. Come in so quickly and I need to see the doctor. When they come in and see the doctor, they talking about Jesus, not the preacher, not the pew warmers. He's talking about the Father which art in heaven. And he wants somebody or she wants somebody to lay hands on her. But the reason why we don't do it in the churches today, because we come and we think everything is about us. It is in these four walls that you leave your anointing when you leave, when you think it's about you. Because this sermon today is not about you. This sermon today is all about him who paid away. His name is Jesus, if you didn't know. So when you leave from this house, somebody out there need to know that Jesus is alive. Oh, glory. I want to look at Mary Magdalene. Here we're talking about this woman, a very prominent woman that was amongst Jesus' followers. Followed with the disciples, many think that she did all the cooking, sewing, and everything that they needed. She was being handy. Why? Because she hung out with him and he did something that no one else could do for her. And understand this, and Luke explained it this way in the 8th chapter and the 2nd verse. And a certain woman, woman didn't even want to call her up front by her name. A certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. My Bible tells me that one man was possessed with a legion. Am I right about it? So when you understand the group setting and you look at how we look at the deliverance and the, the victory of the number seven, but here this woman has seven demons in her and these demons made her look very strange to everyone else. In other words, they knew she was a hardcore sinner. Like some of the folk in this world that go to church, hardcore sinners, thinking they camouflage and hanging out with the Lord. 
but the Lord had to bring this out of her and when he poured it out of her it was just like her being pulling all her heart all she wanted to do was stay close to the one who had all the power how about you in here today are you trying to stay close to him he has all the power he could change everything in your life that's going wrong and he will give you a day of relaxation from all your trouble where did I get that from did not the scripture say peace be still all you got to know if peace is among you all you got to do is trust God while you're going through the devil himself know the power of God and when the Lord speak and tell the enemy to come out he can't come back in what's wrong with the church today what's wrong with the church today we're laying on hands for show and not in secret all we got to do is bring someone to our side and then pray over them that's what I do a lot of times when I'm praying for people I don't need you to really hear what the prayer is being said I just need you to understand that God is getting ready to work something in that person's life. You don't need to hear the words that we have prayed in the prayer circle. It's only because the anointing will break the yoke. And if you, I say pray with me and you detained by the enemy in your mind and not praying with me, the enemy had an advantage. So when I pray over someone and I know the Lord is getting ready to move, I might call that person up and I might just say without the microphone and pray over them because I need to be on one accord when I pray sometimes and let touching and agreeing and stuff. You get in there with people, some folk, and, and they already thinking about what they got cooking on the stove. They're already thinking about their neighbor making a lot of noise right now and I can't hear. They're already thinking about, I hope they don't go up, get up and go to the bathroom again. They're already thinking about how many times are that baby going to cry in this house. You're thinking about everything else. You heard a baby cry before. You've seen people go to the bathroom before. All you got to do is stay focused in God and allow God to work it out in your heart. If you stop looking at everybody else, maybe you will feel the presence of God in this house. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. All things are going to work for our good. It's going to work for our good. I looked at her and she sure enough gave me some strength to know that if God saved me from the enemy, if he took the enemy out of me, and I know that I have to crucify that man, I know that evil man that try to rise up in me every now and then. It's, your, it's the core of who you really are made of. You know that. And you have to bear this cross every day because he has to be put in submission. He has to be obedient to your will if you, while you're being obedient to God's will. And God has a plan for you. But when you don't keep that evil man at bay, I tell you, he will surface on you. He will surface on you so quick and fast that you're going to have to repent. You're going to be surprised that he showed up at the time when he showed up. I'm here to tell you, church, it ain't all about you. It's all about God and the mission in which he assigned you to do. So whatever you hear from the word of God, take it and then wait on it. Because God is going to send somebody your way. Come on now. Then he told me to look at Peter. Here we got a man that I looked at the description. And the scripture said he's a robust man. He's a big guy. He's about like rock on the wrestling. He's got muscles and strength and strong. And so they look at him. And he's always outspoken. He's the one that's quick to be outspoken. Uh, 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 he's a tent maker. And so therefore I would say he would have a knife because he got to cut threads every now and then. But didn't in the garden he was quick to use that blade to cut off somebody's ear. And I'm, I'm here to tell you something, uh, brothers and sisters. You think about that scene. If I seen somebody cut off somebody's ear and a person that I'm after go stoop down, pick up that ear and put it back on, you could be the devil, but I think I might follow you quicker than I would crucifying you. Because the Lord performed this in front of the sight of other people. And they disomissed, or they omitted that, all because they had fear of who's in charge of the land, who's in charge of your life today. Are you fearful of the President of the United States and the things that he's doing within that cabinet? Are you fearful of your future because he's still in control while he's down here on earth? Are you fearful of the things that have come out of this man's mouth that you have believed that he should be taken out? I've come to tell you, my brother and sister, you've got to wait on God because the day will come where the deliverance on the land will come. But first he said, my people, 
who are called by my name. You see, there's coming the consequences for God's people. Everybody that call upon the name of the Lord is not delivered from their mess. Everybody that say Jesus, Jesus, is just not delivered from their mess. He said we got to turn from our wicked ways and our wicked ways that we housing in us, we don't want to let it go. And when we don't want to let it go, we call on God to work on our behalf because they're getting ready to lay me off. They're getting ready to make a change. They're getting ready to take something from me. But you want God to take everything and lay it down before you like a red carpet. It doesn't work that way. We're going to have to first crucify that bit that sinful nature so that God can have full control because if God don't have the full you he don't want none of you he's got to have all of you or none but he will work with you when he see that you're struggling and you're trying how do I get that from where did I get it from I got it from a life experience in sin that I call upon the name of Jesus. In sin that I beg him to help me. When everything was peachy dandy, you know you don't pray as much. When everything is going nice, you forget all about the promises. But when I was in sin, Lord, don't allow me to be consumed. Help me. Deliver me. I trust you. That's a living testimony. If you did it for me, little old said for me, wretch undone that I was. If he did it for me, he could do it for everyone else. And I serve a powerful God. A God that wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to return to him and be welcomed into glory. Yes. It's just unfortunate from the pulpit to, to the back door, everybody is just not going to make the trip. Why do we know that? Because everybody that say, Lord, Lord, according to his word, will not make it into glory. There's so many people calling upon the name of Jesus, and yet they are not saved. They're not saved because if you're saved, there has to be a change. Well, Peter, being with the Father, with the Son, walking, seeing all the miraculous miracle, big guy, cutting off ears, night totem, going, doing all these things, would, would swear and declare declared that he don't know Jesus in the time of trouble. How many here feel that way when Jesus is not with you? You understand what I'm saying? You be saying, Lord, where are you now? That's those situations when God allowed you to be in circumstance. That's when you got to say, Lord, I know you're working this out. You got to now trust him. In your pain, you got to now trust him or you will be just like Peter and deny him in a time of crisis. In a time of crisis, Lord God, you must mean no. He said, no, I'm not telling you no. You need to be bailed out and you called on the greatest name you could call on. I'm working it out for you. You just got to have patience. If you pray for a little bit more patience, perhaps you will see the breakthrough. I'm here to tell you the cloud is over your life right now. But the sun, not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N, is getting ready to shine through your circumstance. If you just trust me just a little while longer, because everything you're going through is only just a tidbit of what it could be. But I held back the hands of the enemy and allowed you a safe passage. Now that we're at the crossroad, what you going to do? What you going to do now? So Peter, he decides to deny Jesus. All because he was singled out. People going to single you out. Perhaps you in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sitting in the bar stool at a club. Some church folk come in. You going to start making up excuses to why you're sitting in a bar. But I thought about this thing. If I'm sitting in a bar and you come in, I'm going to say, you behind, brother? You ain't had no business in there either. But isn't that what church folk do? They pass judgment because they seen you in church. And they got all kind of filthy rags in their closet. You look in their laundry basket, it would outweigh yours a hundredfold. And what people tend to do is pass judgment on other folk instead of helping other folk. I thought we was brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on. You see me uh, doing something wrong, go ahead. I, I, I go up and you pull it. Don't tell nobody else you pulled my coattail, but tell me what you saw. Just give me opportunity to fix it. And then you go back to God and then thank God for using you as a vessel. Yeah. But see what we tend to do is pull somebody's coattail and go tell everybody else. 
And when you tell everybody else to press in the air and get a win of that, and then he stopped putting his twist on it, and then when they get right back to the person, they're going to know that you was the only one that knew about it, and now they're against you. You didn't tell but one person that you could trust. It could have been your mama, your father, your sister, your brother. In the household, you really trusted them, but they let it go. You trusted people. God said, only trust me. Come on now. People cannot deliver you. Then God bring me to John. You see, notice I'm talking about these characters. John, fast runner. And the Bible tells us he was a fast runner because the Bible says by Peter being all big and robust and he, they started running. They looked like they started out at the same time. But remember Carl Lewis, I watched that little bit on, on YouTube the other day, how strong and powerful he was. But at the end of his life cycle of running, he started went losing and he started crying about losing. Well, the Bible tells us that when John outran Peter, got to the tomb, he was fearful. He didn't even want to stoop down and go in. How many of you have run to Jesus with fast food? Fast feet, I'm sorry. And you get right there at Jesus and you saved. You've been baptized. You got your running shoes on. And you're doing everything you can for the Lord. You 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 you're baptized in the Spirit of God. You want to just run, 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 run. But when that crisis comes in life, what are you gonna do? Are you going to stop right there at the tomb and wonder, Lord, did you really come out of this tomb? I'm looking at what I'm feeling right now. I just don't feel that you, you, you're that powerful in my life right now. I'm hurting and I just don't feel your presence. The reason why you don't feel God's presence when you're going through your storm, because you took the focus off of him. That's why you don't feel his presence. God had to tell me. One day I was like, Lord, I, I, I this pain. When it's going to stop, God? When it's going to stop? He said, focus focus. You're losing focus. And I said, oh my God, I'm losing focus. I'm losing focus because I got to go back to the word. I got to go back to that to lead me through what I'm going through. I need someone sometime to talk to me, to tell me that everything is going to be alright, but your words are not going to deliver me. And I found out something. They say sticks and stone will break your bone, but words will never harm you. Come on now. Words can kill you. There's some cyber bullies out there. People that talk bad to people that cause them to go and kill themselves. So don't tell me words can't hurt. Words can hurt. Words can make you think that God ain't who he is. All because you talk the good game and you sound so good about God's word. And you can convince me that it's, this word is not real. And the reason why you was able to convince me because God had me and when he really wanted me. But I didn't stay focused in the word. Well, go away from the mind if you allow the enemy to come in. He's so sneaky, he will twist up this word like he did Eve in the garden. And he'll make you think that this word don't mean what it means. And once you indulge in it, it's too late to turn back. As I rush to a close, here we got this person, John. This writer, this gospel writer. The Bible says that John was at the presence of the tomb. After they all went in and saw how the Lord was moved. The Bible tells us that when they all went in and saw this, they knew that he must have risen just like he said he would. But my brothers and sisters, they still did not understand because God had to send a word to them by a woman who understood. Isn't it just like God to take someone that the world has cast out, filled with demonics, and everybody know the profanity and how she dressed and what she said, but then he would take that person and let them hang out with them. And not only that, allow her to see Jesus. The first to see him at resurrection was a woman. And it was Mary Magdalene. A one who you wouldn't think would be the least among them, amongst them. But yet he allowed her to see. And then preachers can say what they want. But the Bible tells, you, tells me that he told the disciples go. And you spread the gospel. You tell this dying world that I has risen. And I know that he got up because he said he was getting up. Just like he said he would. So when I'm looking at this big picture, she was able to go and tell the first gospel message that our Lord has risen. Just like he said he would. He told me to tell you to go. And they went to a particular spot where God, where Jesus knew they were going to be. And Jesus appeared before them with the door being locked. And I'm positive they kept it locked because they did not want anyone to know where they were. And if they did, they had to break the door in to get to them. Well, Jesus showed up. When he showed up with the disciples, still they had to touch and they had to feel. But 
But look at Thomas. They say Thomas doubted, didn't believe that Jesus was real. He had to put word, I'm not going to believe unless I can put my hand and touch the holes and then put my hand and touch the side. If I don't feel those things and I don't see those things to see that it's real, I'm not going to believe. How many in here feel that way today? How many in here trust God only for what he's doing for you at the moment he's doing it for you? How many trust him when you're going through things in life that you know he's going to come? He's an on-time God. You know he's going to come. He's going to come just like he said he would. He got up just like he said he would. Don't you believe that he's going to come and bail you out at, right at the nick of time? And then the next area has to be confidence. Somebody has to believe and somebody has to have confidence. Somebody has to have confidence in their relationship with God. You won't have no relationship with God unless you know Jesus. If you have not got to know him, you do not have power. If you do not know who Jesus is, you do not have power. I don't care what people uh, talk about. I don't care how much tongue talking they can do. I don't care how much shouting they can do because the word of God did not say that you have the Holy Spirit in you because you speak in tongue. The Bible said, put God Almighty, somebody understand. The Bible clearly tells us that your Holy Spirit was given unto you because you believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that belief, the Holy Spirit came in. And the Holy Spirit comes in so that he can make a change in your life. He made a change in your life so that you can be different when your family see you. So you can be different when your friends see you. And I'm here to tell you as a living witness, all the friends that I hung out with when I came up had a group that would just die for each other. We hung out everywhere we went, but as soon as the Lord snatched me, back to himself when he brought me back into the fold all of them did not want me around anymore they wasn't willing to change for God but they didn't want no God person around them because it made them feel uncomfortable and that's when I knew that God had a plan for me I didn't know where he was going with this thing but I knew that he had something greater coming my way why because every time I showed up around my friends they felt that they were was that I was holy than thou. And, and I said, no, 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 no. Y'all drinking, go on, do your thing. Just don't pay attention to me. I didn't have enough of me to minister to them at the time. But God told me that I have greater plans for you. Just don't you indulge with them. And then he put it in my heart since they don't want to listen to you. Since they don't want you around. I need you to shake the dust off. You pray for them. But I need you to surround yourself with some righteous folk. And when I surround myself with righteous folk. The Bible clearly tells me my walk will change. You see your walk can't change unless you surround yourself with believers like you are. How can we walk together unless we agree? So what tends to happen? Your best friend is not saved. Your family members are not saved. And you're hanging out with them instead of praying for them. You have to get one thing in mind. Either you're going to conform to the way they are or they're going to conform to the way that you are. And if you fought God, then you should be trying to drag people along the way. You pulling and kicking and whatever they want to do. They may not want to hear about Jesus, but it's because of the finished work they still alive. Because now he reigns on the just and the unjust. Uh, all because of this great spirit. Uh, so now that I know that I have to have this relationship uh, with Jesus, now I can grow and get to know who God flesh came out with. Uh, did you think they cared uh, when he lost all that blood? Anybody ever felt so weak in your body that you couldn't even stand up no longer? You try to find a chair to sit down or a bed to lay yourself down because I feel so weak in the body. Jesus felt that weak, but God just demonstrated when you're weak in life, I will carry you. You put a round in the bush, Simon of Serene. They said this was a black man that came along and was chosen to carry the cross the rest of the way to the hill. But I found out something very strange. That it carried the cross of Jesus, the weight in which he bared. I'm positive this man, Simon Fomsari, had to understand how heavy it was because of the weight of the world was on Jesus' shoulders and he put it on time who couldn't turn but a short distance but when they took Jesus and put him on that cross they made the biggest mistake of life all these saints ran in head from the struggles that was going on 
are here, Jesus, but lost all this blood. Jesus, the lost the mama at the cross because he gave John his mother from that foregone. So now you, Jesus, all by himself, bleeding and sweating, barely holding himself up. And the Bible says that he looked at the glory with a loud voice. Ask God, why have you forsaken me? This was going to be harsh. You knew that they was dirty. But why have you turned on me? He said, I'm turning on you now. Because I won't turn on the people later. Because of what you're doing. On their behalf. They're going to appreciate it now. But they're going to know it better by and by. So the Bible tells me. That it got so dark. And through the hours it was dark. You got to learn to trust them. 
I'm here to tell you that he did not do all of that for nothing. We, the world waits to do this once a year. But every day, every day we must remember to finish work. Every day you have to understand this grace period. Because we are still in this grace period, that means the rapture has not occurred yet. So don't you think, oh, maybe the rapture have come and God didn't take me, trust me. If he come right now, I guarantee you this church will be empty. And if you look around and see all the pews empty, that's because the Bible declared in the twinkling of an eye. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to take long for yeah. it to happen. I don't think it's going to be three or four days and they say, that's, they say well, three weeks from now, the rest of the people be raptured. I believe it's going to happen so quick. In the blink of an eye, it's going to happen. And the Bible clearly tells me that all the saints of God that are walking the face of the earth at the time he do rapture, they're going to be called up. So they can't be still here. There can't be no funerals if that is the case. Because I need my body, my body, my body to change when he called me up. So he's not gonna leave my body here and be put in the ground. Just understand something. This is the day that the Lord has made. Bow your heads. Jesus, you rose just like you said you would. I praise your name today. We open the doors of the church. Bow your heads. We open the doors of the church that one who chose in their heart that they want to come to this great time. Through the anointing that will break the earth. Come by letter. Come by Christian experience. Come for candidate baptism. Today is a Today is a Come to the altar and desire to be a We would nurture you. We will continue to go to the Lord. We're going to continue to work this thing out for you. We're going to continue to make all things right for you. In this house, we're going to pray with you. We're going to stand on the on the wall with you. We're not in battle by yourself. Not in battle by yourself. The Lord has you. The Lord has you. The Lord have you. That's a great thing. It's a great day to come. It's not by chance for us. And I thank God for coming down. That the Lord put you this way, I keep telling you. Whatever God has planned for this family, I'm going to stand on His promise in this season. It's their season. It's your season. But you got to stand and reap the benefit. The promise given when they do something. Everyone that along the way will be sent. I, I come as a little witness. Thank you for coming. But I'm, I'm, I'm a person that I love this church. And I love the way God brings And I love the way God makes changes. And then we don't understand why God moves the way he does. Some folk may want things to be this way and want it to be that way, but I have to be led by God. And everything I do, I have to trust him.
proper we got baptized a long time ago to where they really didn't understand Jesus so I put that out there you come by letter you come Christian experience go with them they're going to write your names down and come back at you and introduce you to the church
boldly in Isaiah Strength Bay, candidate for baptism.
people until he revealed it. And then I share it and I'll be like, Mom, I believe God you're going that way. I ask preachers from time to time. Some of the things that God revealed to me, and they don't even know. They say, What school are you going to? I say, But I can get it from the school. God, I read the word enough for God to now say, I reveal this. I reveal that. And as soon as I get it, and I promise you, I promise you, I will never share God's word with you unless it show me that everything I say out of my mouth is true. If it's not true and I question it myself, I'm going to tarry with this thing until God begins. Get a note of this. And you can witness on your own how many times in your days before I come along that you heard preachers say that you have to be revealed. If God did not reveal in spite of what you learned up to this day, you didn't get to reveal nothing until you understood that he had to reveal. Book knowledge will never supersede the spiritual things that God has for you. Book knowledge says that I can know everything, that my doctrine know everything, but it doesn't mean that I've been delivered from everything. But when God reveals it, when he reveals it, everything that I ask him, he's going to grant it. I just don't have patience to wait. And they're in their season. And only they need us to rally around. Why? Because they love what you have already demonstrated. You demonstrated love, and that's what drew them in. God revealed love to them through you. And they said, love the word, they love the people, and that's what's exciting to me. They love the people. And that makes the package. So we just ask, as Minister Warren come, that you will come to the altar. Let us God pray for you. Let us pray with you. That God will continue to reveal himself.
And did it our way. Now it's time to do it this way. 